It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Derek G., saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked on Thunder, since it's two for Tuesday, sorry, I I had to pull that one out of the rock vault, Uh, we'll hear a double dose of Paul George, once in the first segment, once in the third segment. The first segment, we'll hear PG talk about his influence on Timothée Luwakabaro, and in the third segment, we'll let you hear some of PG's audio from the loss to Denver and talk about how the Thunder have to get in the right mindset to take on a 4-15 and Cleveland Cavaliers team that's coming to town tomorrow night. And that game actually scares me. I'll tell you why that game scares me coming up in segment number three. In segment number one, going back now as we do this a little out of order, segment number one, we'll talk about the Thunder starting five. We'll hear again from Billy Donovan on the starting five and why the change from Friday to Saturday in the second of a back-to-back, and we actually got some decent response from a listener, so we'll give you the information the listener gave. He asked the question about who should be starting at the two-guard. I'll give you my definitive answer, and in segment number one, we'll discuss how out of the realm of the possibility is it that the Oklahoma City Thunder end up in the Western Conference Finals this year. In segment number two, we'll talk about James Harden having a huge night last night and Kevin Durant and, oh, what might have been had both of those guys stayed in Oklahoma City. And I think most of us have moved on, but it sure will be fun to reminisce to think um, had that three been able to stick together. And then we'll discuss what are the true qualities of a leader. Greg Popovich saying that Kawhi Leonard was not a leader in San Antonio, and I agree with him. Um, Not to give anything away from segment number two, but honestly, I never looked at Kawhi Leonard as one of the leaders of that team during the time he was in SA. So we'll discuss that. We'll discuss how Kawhi's butt hurt, and somehow we'll relate it all back to the Thunder with Kevin Durant being gone and Russell Westbrook staying. So we get to all that today on the Locked on Thunder podcast. If you don't know who I am, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the Locked on Thunder podcast. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I've covered the Thunder now for six seasons, or I'm into my sixth season of covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I also host another podcast called Locked On Sooners, both part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you can hear both Locked On Sooners and Locked On Thunder at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you like what you hear with Locked On Thunder, you can get more at LockedOnThunder.com. I am a credentialed member of the media. I am at most of the Thunder home games. And if you look at LockedOnThunder.com or you just happen to log on to LockedOnThunder.com for the archive podcast, you can see video and audio from players and coaches as well. 
With the Thunder getting ready to welcome the Cleveland Cavaliers to the peak on Wednesday night, which is their first game since Saturday's loss to the Denver Nuggets, Billy Donovan has got to make a decision on who his starting five should be. And in my opinion, it should be Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Stephen Adams, Jeremy Grant, and then go Timothy Luwak-Cabarro at the two as long as Dennis Schroeder remains on the court for more minutes than Timothy Luwak-Cabarro, which is what happened on Saturday night with TLC getting about 21 minutes and Schroeder getting over 30 minutes. And on Friday, I think TLC only played seven minutes of that entire game with the Hornets, and that's the way you have to do it. Now, to SportsFan405, who tweeted me at Locked on Thunder, he broke down that Burton's 38 minutes in the last three games, he was 11 for 17, had 25 points, was shooting 68% from the field. Should he get the minutes over TLC? And the reason you can't do that is because Deontay Burton is on that two-way contract, which means he only gets 45 days in the NBA. And unless the Thunder are going to take him off that two-way contract and put him into that last roster spot, which you can tell the Thunder don't want to do because it's an expensive roster spot, then you have to continue to start TLC, and really it just comes down to money. And right now for the Oklahoma City Thunder, you're just limping along as you make your way towards the beginning of the year because coming up in just a few days, A, Terrence Ferguson's going to be reevaluated. Hamadou Diallo is going to be reevaluated, and if one of those guys or both of those guys can get back on the court, A, that really helps your depth, but B, you can alternate who starts at the two between one of those guys as you're waiting for Andre Robertson to get back, and he's going to be reevaluated here in the next few days, although Billy Donovan's not saying much about that. And honestly, when I think about Andre Robertson coming back to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I don't know where you are on this, But I'm a little shaky on his return. I I want Andre to come back. I want him to be healthy. But he's already suffered a couple of setbacks with this this latest injury. And I'm just worried about how effective he's going to be throughout the season and how tough it's going to be for the Thunder to adapt to having him on the floor. Plus, when you bring Andre Robertson along, is there going to be a minute restriction? And if there's not, are you still going to bring him along casually And I think you can do that. That's the luxury of having guys like Ferguson and TLC and Deontay Burton and Hamadou Diallo is that you can limit those minutes that you're giving Andre Robertson and let him get back into shape as you get ready for the playoffs. It's still a shaky proposition to me, but that's the situation that the Thunder find themselves in. Here's Billy Donovan after the Denver loss talking about the starting five. And while on Friday it was... Then a Schroeder, and Saturday you came back with TLC. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously the minutes didn't, didn't work out uh, tonight, though, the way you kind of go in. You know, right, you always have a plan, you got to change the plan. Um, I thought it was going to be important coming out of the back-to-back, going into this back-to-back, that, uh, you know, that we kind of, we, we needed to utilize our bench more. You know, and I, and I thought Dennis coming off the bench to give us maybe the second unit a little bit of pop and energy. And I thought Tim, you know, finding ways to get he and Alex and Burton, you know, a few more minutes. Uh, that first unit closed the third quarter really, really well. You got it close and kept pulling to start the fourth. So, you know, our rotations were a little bit different. 
you know, start the fourth quarter. But I think it was more to kind of inject that second unit because put the second unit in Schultz struggle a little bit. Put a playmaker out there. Um, maybe Tim could find some shots in that. For, I was kind of excited because I think he knocked down his first three. You know, and maybe we get going and we could find him for some shots. And then maybe Dennis come off the bench and kind of create a little bit for us. That's like really all it was, was just trying to figure out the best way to get that second unit going a little bit. Think about this just for a second as you listen to Billy Donovan and you're contemplating in your head how the starting five is going to work out and how the minutes may work out between guys like Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, and and Dennis Schroeder and just how these guys are playing and what's going to happen when Andre Robertson comes back. As you're untangling all that in your head, something to remember here. The Oklahoma City Thunder right now are just a game and a half out of first place in the Western Conference. And the only thing that prevents the Oklahoma City Thunder from getting to the Western Conference Finals and playing Golden State in what I think would be a very tough, at worst, six-game series for GSW in Oklahoma City is injuries. That's it. When you think about the Thunder compared to everyone else in the West that is not named Golden State, tell me who has a better roster than the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. Tell me who has a better combination of veteran talent with a big three of Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Steven Adams. You've got Raymond Felton, who's a great Yoda in that locker room. You've got a guy like Dennis Schroeder, who has played way beyond expectations this year. And you're bringing along young guys. This is it. This is as good as it gets for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Houston Rockets... I believe that they'll still get their act together and make the playoffs, but they're not the team that they were last year. And in fact, if you're Daryl Morey and you're not on the hot seat right now, I don't know how you're not on the hot seat after letting guys like Trevor Ariza get away um, and bringing in Carmelo Anthony and having that blow up in your face, even though Carmelo Anthony wasn't that expensive. The underachieving Utah Jazz, they'll get better, but it looks like they're going to spend the entire season trying to get better. And by the time the playoffs get around, I know that they're a young team. They may be worn out just trying to figure it all out. They could also be very dangerous, figure it out, and be the one team you don't want to face in the playoffs. You've got the Trailblazers, who are always better than people think. We know we know that the, 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 that the Clippers are not going to be what they are right now, which is in first place. And you could just start going down the list. That leaves it so prime for Oklahoma City, and it's just injuries. If Oklahoma City can stay healthy, this is a team that shouldn't have a ton of trouble making it to the Western Conference. The other thing I love about this team is that the older guys are willing to help out the younger guys, mainly because the older guys are still in their prime, and I would think the younger guys don't come as much of a threat. And that just builds better team chemistry. Here is Paul George talking about his influence on Timotei Luwa Cabarro. He's kind of modeled his game. He's been looking at you know, the way you play since he's been in high school. Um, I mean, have you ever had any conversations with him about you know, him kind of looking up to you or you being a role model for him? Um, I mean, I knew um, you know, him being a player that, uh, myself being a player that he looked, to, looked up to since he was in Philly. You know, it's, it's, we have conversation, we have dialogue about playing the game and, and you know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I try to give as much as I can, um, whether it's Tim, whether it's Terrence, whether it's Hami. Um, 
you know, I, I, I enjoy having conversations with the younger guys here. Uh, not to say that I'm old or nothing like that, but uh, I've kind of been around the league for a little bit now. Um, so I enjoy, I enjoy having those conversations. Again, you know, I've said this before, any information that I can give out and, and you know, let them know is it's going to make this team better. It's going to improve their game. It's going to improve the whole team's overall game. Um, so I try to give as much as much as possible. I don't ever try to hold on to anything. Whether it's Tim or you know somebody that comes up to you in the street, when you know that somebody looks at your game specifically, and then they want you know to talk to you about the game and you know ask you for advice, does that kind of change the dynamic a little bit when you when you know that somebody looks at you that way? Um, yeah, I mean I, I know when somebody has a basketball mind or somebody knows the game, um, or if it's just a, a casual fan, you know, just wanting to dialogue, just to talk. Um, I mean, if, if I know it's coming from a basketball mind, someone that knows the game and knows my game and is looking for a breakdown, then we'll have that conversation. But you know, if, it, if it's not, you know, I, I'll know when to give them a, a BS answer or not. <laughs> So, in other words, if you're like me and you ask the question, he's going to give a BS answer. But if he, if it's like you asking the question, somebody who actually understands the X's and O's and the spacings and knows exactly where guys are supposed to be at any particular given moment, then Paul George will give you a correct answer. Now, thinking back to what Paul George said about having those conversations with TLC or anybody else on the Oklahoma City Thunder, one thing I've always wondered, and I may ask Paul George about this when we get an opportunity to talk to him on Wednesday night, do those conversations start with maybe you, the veteran, saying something at practice, or does it start with the younger guy wanting to pick your brain? And and how, how do you, is, is there... Is there a certain decorum that you have to use? This is stuff I wonder. So I'm I'm going to ask PG about that coming up on Wednesday night when the Oklahoma City Thunder welcome the Cleveland Cavaliers to town. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next in segment number two, how a couple of big nights by two of the former big three bring back some reminiscing and the oh what might have been. It's all right here on Locked On Thunder. Winter is here, and so is hunting season. And if you've got a hunter on your gift list, or you've just got somebody that's cold all the time, I've got the perfect gift for you. This is really awesome. It's called Action Heat. Action Heat actually makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. It's heat on demand at the touch of a button. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this. Action Heat is actually engineered safely and efficiently to deliver heat via panels that are similar to what's in your car seat. So if you're like my wife and you're lucky enough to have the heated car seat, that's what Action Heat is like. And it can get as hot as 135 degrees. Now, I don't know if you need it to be 135 degrees, but you do have that option if it's there. And it's 5-volt lithium-ion battery can last up to 12 hours. So it's perfect for any holiday gift this year. If you've got that hunter or you've got that skier or somebody that just likes to do outdoorsy type stuff, I don't know why you wouldn't get this for them. Action Heat Clothing provides a toasty warm comfort for you and your whole body. They've got jackets. They've got socks and gloves and hats. They've even got undergarments, which is extremely important during this time of year. 
Action Heat is available in men's and women's clothing, and it's got great new styles and models, and uh, you can make winter activities more enjoyable with a little bit of Action Heat. That's Action Heat. Go get some now and uh, make your hunter or just your outdoors person or just, hey, maybe your significant other very happy for Christmas. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I am Eric G. Another episode of Locked On Suitors is dropped as well. Both of those are available at LockedOnPodcast.com, Apple iTunes, Google, Spotify, Alexa, and uh, Stitcher. Yes, and LockedOnPodcast.com. LockedOnPodcast.com. You can actually subscribe to all the Locked On Podcasts there. And don't forget to go to LockedOnThunder.com. Amazing nights, absolutely amazing nights for James Harden and Kevin Durant last night. Uh, for Kevin Durant, drops 49 for Golden State. As they win, James Harden and Eric Gordon combined for 90 points. Harden scoring 54 of those as the Rockets lose to the Wizards. Which is, hey, that's good for Scott Brooks, bad for James Harden, but good for Scott Brooks. And uh, more importantly, when, when I think about the Rockets having a night like that, it, it signals that for 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 Maury and everybody else down with the Rockets that you've got to do something. You have got to change that roster. The problem is, is I don't know what you have to trade anymore that people are willing to bite on unless you've got some expiring contracts that people are just willing to take to give you some players. You're going to have to do something if you even remotely want to get close to expectations, and honestly, Daryl Morey, you're the one that needs to be on the hot seat. This is not this is not Mike D'Antoni's issue. This is a Daryl Morey issue, and if you can't get it figured out, you got to be the one to go. Kevin Durant, where I think is very important with Kevin Durant having the kind of night that he did, and in in, in Golden State's win is these last few games without Draymond Green, um, with Steph Curry being banged up, and with DeMarcus Cousins still waiting to come back, you're starting to see Kevin Durant emerge as a leader. You're starting to see Kevin Durant emerge as a focal point for a team, and that's really what Kevin Durant is selling right now. To any team that's thinking about signing Kevin Durant, what Kevin Durant wants you to have in your mind is that he is the unquestioned leader of the team. And the more he can keep Golden State afloat at what a GSW level is, the more somebody like the Knicks is going to see that, the more other players are going to see that, and the more it's going to make it desirable for guys to team up with him and Kevin create his own super team 
where he is in fact the star. And I do reminisce a little bit when I see this and think about what might have been had Russell, James, and Kevin all stayed together. And then I'm reminded of one huge problem. None of them would have been as good as they are right now. They all would have had to concede at some point. Still, it's hard to imagine that if they were able to stay together that they wouldn't be better than Golden State right now. From a money standpoint, it would not have worked for the Thunder. And honestly... It's worked out great for uh, it's worked out great for all three individuals, not necessarily great for Oklahoma City fans because ultimately we want a championship and those guys you have to think would have won a championship. Nothing and nothing is guaranteed, but you have to think that it would have happened. But still I look where the Thunder are and despite the losses of Kevin Durant and James Harden This is a team that could end up in the Western Conference Finals this year. You've got two superstars in Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and an emerging superstar in Steven Adams and a guy who just keeps playing above his head in Dennis Schroeder. Things aren't all bad here in Oklahoma City, but I think we still have to remember that there was a time when they were on the verge of being the best team in the NBA, and at no point... Will that ever not sting, even if the Thunder win a championship? Longtime Thunder fans, which the longest you could have been a Thunder fan now is 11 years, are always going to remember what might have been. Speaking of leaders, and we talked about Kevin Durant showing his leadership. Greg Popovich saying that Kawhi really wasn't the leader when he was in San Antonio. And maybe that's shade, maybe it's not. Kawhi has had his response to it. But was Kawhi really the leader? Was he really the guy you thought of in San Antonio as it was his team? Because even with Tony Parker coming off the bench and Manu Ginobili coming off the bench, I thought of those guys as leaders. I thought of them passing the torches to guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills and not so much Kawhi Leonard. Sort of like Greg Popovich said. And Kawhi's response was he leads by example. Well, a lot of guys lead by example, but you've also got to have that charismatic thing that makes your teammates want to follow you. And I don't see where Kawhi Leonard really has that. He's a workhorse. He's that strong, silent type. And yeah, he's probably the best player on your team if you're in Toronto or San Antonio, But he's not the guy that I look and say, well, hey, if he's doing it, I got to do it. I may and say, all right, well, he's really good at it, so I'll try and do it. But if Patty Mills tells me to do something or Tony Parker or LaMarcus Aldridge, I'm more likely going to respond to them than I will Kawhi Leonard. And I don't think Kawhi Leonard will ever be in a situation where he is the unquestioned leader of any organization, especially if he goes out to Los Angeles and plays with LeBron. At best, you're number two. And you might even be number three, depending on how Lonzo Ball starts to emerge here in his career. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll wrap things up by hearing from Paul George after the loss. And I'll tell you what the Thunder have to do to get ready to take on a very bad Cleveland Cavaliers team. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. want to thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We've got Locked on Sooners published as well. And you can get all the Locked on podcasts at LockedOnPodcast.com, at Apple iTunes, at Stitcher, at Google, at Spotify, and Alexa. That's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. For the Oklahoma City Thunder to get ready for this this game against the the Cleveland Cavaliers, the 4-15 Cleveland Cavaliers, and we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow on the episode about it being game number 20. But when you think about this for a second, to get ready for Cleveland, you got to get yourself out of the doldrums. And it seems like Cleveland is that perfect medicine that Oklahoma City needs to get well. And I say not so fast because I think it's very easy to take a 4-15 and team very lightly, especially that they're coming off a loss. And they're going to be up for you emotionally. They're going to give it your best shot. And you may go down and, and you may go out on that floor and you may play down to their competition, which is the last thing that the Thunder need. The Thunder need to come out and put the Cleveland Cavaliers on notice. Same with the Atlanta Hawks coming up this Friday, which, by the way, speaking of that Atlanta Hawks game and the Cleveland Cavaliers game, Colin Sexton should be starting for Cleveland when they're in town tomorrow night, and then Friday you get to see Trey Young, and then you can tell me via at Locked on Thunder just how wrong I was about the whole Colin Sexton-Trey Young thing because I was totally on Colin Sexton, and it turns out Trey Young is a much better NBA player. Well, at least he is right now. But listening to Paul George the other night, um, which we heard him at the beginning of the show, and Paul George sounds like he's in good spirits, but I don't want to hear Paul George. I don't want to think that he's coming in to the peak tomorrow sounding like he did the other night after the Nuggets game. Yeah, yeah, we got great looks, great opportunities. Um, not mad at the shots we got. Defensively, what did you guys do at a high level in that third quarter? You held 16 points. I think we, um, you know, we took them out of their offense. We forced them to play ISO ball. Um, we take our chances against anybody that wants to try to score in this one-on-one. Paul, Billy talked about in that third quarter where y'all started to come back about hitting singles in terms of the offense. He made that analogy. I mean, is that the mindset that you all had that y'all had to slowly kind of chip away with? Yeah, yeah. We just had to take take control of the game, um, build our way back um, one possession at a time, uh, whether it was the offensive uh, possession or de- defensive possession. We just had to get one at a time, one stop turn it into one basket and, you know, keep repeating that cycle. When you guys go through that stretch, like you started the game with great ball movement, great looks, like you said, they don't fall. Is it sometimes difficult with the way the second quarter kind of went to not start trying to kind of force the issue and kind of kickstart the team with just a couple shots? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's on us. It's on myself. It's on 
Um, Russ, you know, we're the guys that's constantly putting pressure on guys, um, you know, as far as uh, refs on attacking the rim. Sometimes the call's not going our way, um, and we just got to, you know, deal with it and, and, and find a way to get through it, um, which we did a great job. I thought um, that second half, we just stayed with it. Um, you know, it's, it's just tough. It's tough. When we play to be aggressive, we, we, we play physical. Um, you know, sometimes it's going to be a call, sometimes it's not. I think Russell missed um, five three-pointers in that, in that fourth quarter. I ended up, I think, like one of 12 for three overall. Is there a conversation that he's having after the games with you guys in terms of you know, the shots he's taking, the shots he's missing in those stretches? Nah. I mean, Russ has ability to take over a game um, down the stretch. You know, tonight those didn't fall, but we've seen Russ get hot behind that three-point line. Um, you know, he has a real good way of, of, of just turning it on uh, when we need him to. You get a sense he was taking this one any harder than, than normal? Um, no. I mean, Russ wants to win, as we all do. Um, but I, 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 I get you guys sense that, by the way, and the, the passion he plays. That. Russ always wants to win. Uh, you know, he's going to take it hard. Every loss, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just how he's, you know, he's made up. You've talked about how for this team, because you're so solid defensively, when you're not making shots, that's what you have to lean on. But is there any ever any point where you're like, wow, we really aren't making shots. We need to change up what we're doing on offense. Maybe getting the rim more or anything like that. Um, well, I mean, that's that's our game. Um, we're gonna try to attack the basket. And make plays from there. I thought we did that, and the reason we were coming back, we were attacking and then kicking out for threes. Um, we just so happened to start to, you know, knock those down. But that's always going to be our game plan: attack the basket. Um, if help comes, we move it. And Russell Westbrook, what is his mind frame going to be going into that game tomorrow night? That is the million-dollar question. Will Rush revert to his his old self like he did on Saturday? If the Thunder are in trouble. Or will he continue to rely on his teammates? We'll discuss that more coming up tomorrow here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. And until tomorrow, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And of course, peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.